Good morning. It is a privilege to be here. I'm excited. I woke up this morning early, and um, I was just, I was just, I don't know. I think when you're speaking, you get more excited about going to church than people like the rest of us that come to church, because it's like, I don't know, I've already been blessed with the Lord's presence this morning, and just sitting there at home, and then coming here and continuing in the worship, and and just being in the Lord's presence. What a gift. What a gift. And this morning, I want to ask you to remember. I want you to remember, because I, as I sat around and I thought about this church, I, I, we've been in, like Pastor Brian said, we've been in, in and out for about six months now here, and every time I come here, I just look around, and, and I'm just amazed. I mean, if you, if you count the hours are the years of service by the people in this church that are here right now. And you count, if you, if you could, count the hours of prayer and praise just from the people in this church. It's amazing. And you just think, wow, Lord. And I know, I know, if you've known Jesus, if you know Jesus, I know you've met him in a very personal way. And I know that you have times with him that you've experienced and, and just have been received so much. And so I just want to ask you to remember, to think back. When was the time the Lord spoke to you? When was the time you knew his presence as real, as tangible as the air you breathe right now. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what your, your life is like, what, what it's been this week, what it's been these months. I, I have no idea. But I know Jesus has been with you every step of the way. I know he's breathed with you every step. He's cried tears with you. And so as you remember and you think back to those special times, I just want to ask you right now to take a breath, to breathe deep. If you need to close your eyes, I, don't, I mean, like I said, I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know what your morning's been like. If it's been crazy, I, I don't know. But I just want to invite you to take a deep breath. I don't know what you've thought about the worship this morning. I don't know if you've been able to worship or if your heart's been so burdened or, or heavy that you haven't. I don't know if you've been critical in your thinking or you've been encouraging. I, I don't know. But I know this. Jesus' face toward you is just as bright and his smile toward you is just as big as, as those times that you can remember. Where, he, where you know he spoke to you, whether it was in a conference, a church service, a, in your living room, wherever you've been, in whatever corner of the world, wherever he's met you. His smile toward you is huge. And I know as you take a deep breath this morning, he's inviting you. He's inviting you to receive just his look towards you. 
I don't know if it's a scary thing for you, if you've been wounded, if you are afraid of the look of Jesus, or if that's a comforting thing toward you, to you. But right now, I just want to ask you again, take a deep breath. Close your eyes if you need to. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to sanctify your mind, to set it apart for him. And I just invite you to take that deep breath right now and invite him in. Invite Jesus in right now to converse with you. I know you do this maybe a lot in your own personal times with the Lord, but I'm calling you to do it corporately today as a group. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Invite Jesus' presence to come. And if you're overwhelmed and if your life is can't handle anymore and this is, seems like a, a to- you have so many distractions and you can't even get to what you can't even do what I'm asking you to do, that, that's okay. But I invite you, as a lot of houses have door hooks and hangers, you know, for coats, coat closets when you go into a house, just invite the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Like there's this thing that's nagging at you that's so hard for you to let go of. Just kind of, Put those things on that door hanger, on those those hooks and hang them up. Jesus, I give you this, this distraction. I give you this burden. My mind is so overwhelmed right now. I, 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 I just, I want you to have all these things because I just want to be with you and I can't and I'm struggling and it's hard and, and, and I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to. I just want you to invite the Prince of Peace to come, take up residence. If you don't know what you're carrying that you're afraid of, or that, that, that you're that you're, that's bothering you, you just know you can't concentrate right now. Just ask ask Jesus right now, Jesus, what am I afraid of? That's probably the biggest question, the easiest question to figure out what burden you're carrying that you need to put down. That's, a, that's one of the easiest ways that I've learned. Jesus, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? Let him whisper it to you. And as he shows it to you, just kind of wrap it all up put it in his wounds, his hands, his feet. Just kind of give it to him. What am I afraid of? Be honest. He already knows. Let him tell you. Just give it to him. Give it to him. What am I afraid of? What am I carrying that I shouldn't be carrying, Jesus? Hang it up on the doorknobs. Give it to Jesus. And now as you're sitting before him, maybe that might, I mean, that's going to take some time for a lot of you. But now I just ask you 
I invite you to sit with Jesus and rest with him. Receive his peace and his rest. And just tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can handle all of my burdens. You can handle all of my fears. You can handle all the distress and disturbance in my life. You can handle all my complaints in my head. You can handle, handle all the anger I have in my heart. You can handle all the hurts, all the, all the, the, the wounds, my pain. I, I give it to you. It's all for you, Jesus. You know, Jesus knows every one of your thoughts. He knows you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, foot. And as, he's, as you're sitting here with him, he knows you. He knows what you've said. He knows what you've, where you've been. He knows the worst thing about you, the worst thing you've ever done. And he's comfortable with you. And he calls you by your name. He knows your name. He calls you by it. Because you're his beloved child. And you have been washed and cleansed. And you are loved by him immensely. Satan knows your name. The enemy knows your name. He knows who you are. And he calls you by your sin. He reminds you of what you've done. He reminds you of your failures. He reminds you of your hurt. He reminds you of all those things. And we want to silence Satan and all of his voices in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ right now out of this place. And Holy Spirit, we release your words of life, your truth over your bride, over your church, over your sheep. And I ask you, Jesus, right now, to come and minister to each one. Minister to each one. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. I want to share a little window with you of something that has transformed my life. As Pastor Brian said, we're international workers with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Uruguay, South America. And if you don't know anything about Uruguay, I'll tell you real quick. It's a dark place, spiritually. A dark place emotionally. But a very comfortable place to live. We have white sand beaches, pretty good weather most of the year. 
But there is a cloud of darkness, a cloud of, of sadness and depression that just rests over this country. There's a lot of reasons for that, and I could tell you a lot more about the history of how that came to be and the genocides that have happened there and the, the, the people fleeing for their lives from Europe, from war-torn Europe and from, from um, the, just the, not the Nazi regime or the, the European regimes and, and it's people fleeing for their lives and they end up in Uruguay with all their pain and all their baggage and all of their hurts. with no outlet, with no faith, with no belief in God, with no, they left God in the beginning of, it's the only Latin American country that's completely secular. And what I mean by that is, it's the only one that never invited the, the church, the, even the, the, the Catholic church or any church to be a part of their country. Now they're there, the Catholic church is there, the other church is there. It's their freedom to worship, but officially it's the only Latin American country that had rejected all of that and said, we will be completely secular. And there is no room for God in any part of your thinking. God is for the weak. God is for the crippled. God is for the poor. If you need those kind of things, God is the thing you chase. We are self-made. We are intelligent. We are educated. We don't need any of that. Problem is there's still cancer. There's still death. There's still pain. There's still people living there. And there's no outlet for any of that. It's like all right there. We arrived in Uruguay about 10 years ago. And we went in thinking, okay, we're going to get to know people. We're going to do evangelism. We're, we're going to get to know parents from our kids' schooling. We're, we're going to uh, do whatever we can. We're going to teach English. We're going to do all these things. And we're going to like get to know people. And we're going to share this Jesus with them. And they're going to be so happy that we did. And they're going to just love us. And they're going to love Jesus. And it's going to be this amazing ministry. And we got there, and we, we, did, we did everything. For the first four or five years, we did so many things. And we just kept hitting wall after wall. Relationally, it was just hard to make friends. No, they're very introverted people. Nobody really wants to be your friend too much. It, it just takes a long time to make friends. It's a lonely place. Like I said, it's dark spiritually. It's dark emotionally. You're in the middle of all this. The divorce rate is like 80-something percent. I mean, so we're butting up against spiritual forces, and we're having fights in our marriage like, like we've never had before. And I'm doing things and saying things to my wife that I've, I, I've never would have thought of. I, that I would be capable of saying or doing. And we're hitting these walls. And then we're hitting the old, the old friends that I used to have that I hate. Depression kind of came back and anxiety and started hitting on my heart. And it was hard. And the glorious stories that I grew up, I mean, we hear all the victory stories so many times from missionaries, and it's wonderful. We love the victory stories. Praise Jesus for the victory stories. But in between those victory stories, there's a lot of time, and there's a lot of battle, and there's a lot of, I mean, you, you, you read the Old Testament. I mean, I remember you read through the, the prophets, and you read all these, and you read all these things, and it's like, 
And it goes from this event to this event to this event. And it's like there's, you know, you see the ins and the ups and downs and all that kind of stuff in the prophet's life. But I mean, there are years and years and years in between some of these events. Yeah, like that's, that's, those are the hard times to live sometimes. Those are the hard times to, to keep going sometimes. And last year, about a year and a half ago, I found myself struggling again. With that depression, that old battle with with depression and anxiety. And I wasn't doing well. And I had to get my wife to get me to Jesus on many days. There were many days I I sat there and when COVID hit, you guys know it was terrible here too, I know. But all over the world, I mean, down in in South America, we were just kind of going into winter time. So it was getting, you know how it is here, it's rainy and cold and darker, days are short. It's, I mean, so we were, as we got into March, April, May, it was like going into wintertime because we're southern hemisphere, opposite seasons, geography lesson. And I was just not doing well. And there were many days I had this timbrel, I, I need you to get me to Jesus. Because I can't get to Jesus you know, the, the, the paradox, the ironic thing is we were leading people to Jesus in our ministries. Like COVID was like this outbreak of ministry opportunity and leading our, our house became like a call center as we were just leading people to Jesus. And there were days that I sat there and I could not even get to Jesus myself. It's a paradox, isn't it? Kind of the both and world. The best of times, the worst of times. And um, I can remember coming to this passage in Luke 10. Luke 10, 38. It says, now as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. But one thing is necessary. I know as a church, and I know as, a, as an international worker, we can get real busy. And we can be living in this paradox. And we can be leading people to Jesus and, and doing all we can to lead, for, lead to encounters with Jesus, whether it's through children's ministries or adult ministries or, or church or worship times. We can be doing all we can, but I know that private life so well. That life when you leave these doors, when you go home and those things, the, the, the things that, that you battle with, the family conflicts, the, the, the relational conflicts, the, the wounds from my past, the, the I understand what it is. And I understand the feeling of loneliness that goes along with it. 
And I can remember trying and trying and trying. We, we would do so many things. We would have team meetings. We would gather together. We would do all. We, we would just, well, Lord, what is it you want us to be doing? We were seeking as a group and seeking. A, and the Lord took me to this passage and said, sit down. Breathe. Breathe. Put your eyes on me. I'm your daddy. And I am so happy with you. You feel all that anxiety in your body? Your body's trying to tell you something. Give it to me. Go through your body. From your head, down through your neck, through your body. Every spot of tension. Every spot of anxiety. I want to heal. I want you to give it to me. Sit at my feet. Breathe me in. Let me love you. Let me hold you. Let me tell you what I think about you. Let me heal your wounds. Let me love you. It's not based on your performance. It's not based on what you've done. It's not based on... It's, 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 I guess you're my son and you're my daughter. I love you. Do you remember that verse when they came to Jesus and they said, what must we be doing to be doing the works of God? Remember what Jesus answered? Believe. Believe. Believe? Wait a minute, we have pews to clean and, and, and I mean sanctuary to clean and, and we have children's ministries to do and, and we have worship times to practice for and we got logistics to take care of and we got, we got relationships. We have, a, we have a lost town that needs you, Jesus. We have people that are hurting. Jesus, we have so many things to do. What do we need to be doing, God? What do we need to be doing to be doing what you want us to be doing? Believe. Believe in him who the Father sent. Do you know how hard it is to believe the truth when you have a lie ingrained in you? You're worthless. Remember all those things that the enemy, the enemy knows your name. He knows who you are and he calls you by your sin. He will call you by your sin and, and he will remind you of your failures and your weaknesses and he will tell you that you're a miserable failure, that you amount to nothing and the voices that we've heard all our lives, the fights, the bad relationships, those are going to be, it's like they're like, they're right there for the enemy to use to keep reminding you who he tells you you are. You know how hard it is to believe? That's some tough work. Do you realize in Colossians 3, it says that you 
are hidden in Jesus? And do you realize that every time the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus? I'm going to invite Timber to come up. And she's going to lead us. And I just want you to sit at Jesus' feet right now. You're engaging your mind and your, your imagination. You're engaging all of that. And I want you, if you need to, again, I invite you to close your eyes. And I invite you to sit at Jesus' feet in your mind's eye. Remember the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Not just the logic truth side, but the imaginative side too. All the creativity that you have been built with, all of that in your mind. Love him with it. Use it for him. So I invite you to just imagine yourself at the foot, at the feet of Jesus. And he wants to tell you some things. He wants to tell you who you are. And if you don't know who you are, I invite you to ask him, Jesus, who do you say I am? And just listen. And it might be painful because you realize I've believed a lie my whole life and I'm finally sitting at your feet, Jesus, and you're telling me who I am. Let him tell you. Receive it. Let it wash over you. You are precious. You are a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are lovely. You are wanted. You are chosen. You are royal. I could tell you a hundred things or more of who you are, but I want you to listen to Jesus' voice because one word from him is better than a billion of mine. So sit at his feet and listen to what he has to say to you. Jesus. with him or you can't feel that right now would you just ask him Jesus would you show me what it looks like for me to rest with you and let him fill your mind with that maybe a place in your house or outside where you rest well 
or something else he wants to show you right now. I want to sing this song over you, but just keep your eyes closed and just rest with him as much as you can. beginning to come back to being present with each other, would you just receive this invitation that maybe has just barely started for you today? And maybe even hold your hands out. Just open them up right there in your lap or wherever you feel comfortable of just receiving this invitation to rest with Jesus. Jesus, we want to receive your presence just like that Olympic torch waited for so long and the whole world rejoiced when it lit up. We want to open our hands as just a symbol of receiving your presence. You are always with us, and we know that you long to be with us in a way that we're aware of. So we receive this invitation from you, and I ask you, Jesus, to help us treasure these things in our hearts, the place where you're calling us to rest, the way that you're calling us to rest. 
And we know that later, as that overflows, rest and peace is what's going to overflow into our communities and all the places where you put us. So we receive that from you, Jesus, and rejoice with you. In Jesus' name, amen.